This is the State of Innovation podcast, where digital transformation's finest share their strategies and stories. Hey there, and welcome to the State of Innovation podcast, where we discuss digital transformation, strategies, stories, and the mindset behind it. I'm your hype guy, Luke Bahanaki, and in today's episode, we have a special one where I'm going to be stepping into the conversation, lucky enough, along with Misha Hannon of yours truly, Deep Dive Technology Group, and the two of us are going to butt heads. Now, Misha Hannon has been a mentor of mine for the last seven years, and trust me, it's no longer just business, it's personal. So Misha's meant a lot in my business career, and now it's going to be nice to have a conversation on the record on the State of Innovation show. In this episode, we'll discuss the gap between business and technology and the relationship between both sides and how it's evolving, how technology people and business people frankly don't understand each other and how it's slowing down the adoption of new disruptive technology, how technology is truly just an enabler, and what it really means and how it affects the decision-making process inside of the enterprise, and some clear ideas how to bridge the gap between business and technology, largely from a communication perspective. Whether you're watching or listening, enjoy the episode, visit stateofinnovation.show for all other episodes, and join the conversation happening on LinkedIn. Lights, camera, traction. Business people are starting to see technology as a tool, right? To make their personal life, their professional life, everything gets better. But it seems like there's a gap between what the techies understand the business wants, needs, thinks, and what the business wants, needs, and thinks. So I wanted to have an open chat with you, Misha, kind of to chat about the gap between business and technology. You and I have had like a million conversations off the record about this topic. We've talked all over the internet about it, but hey, it's a big juicy topic. Um, I know you're having new conversations every week, almost every day, and I'm sitting in with you on some of these chats is this problem getting better, worse, or staying the same? I hope it's getting better. <laughs> but I would say it still kind of depends on the situation. Why I say depends? When I, sometimes when I have a conversation with business, I can say right away uh, in probably 10 minutes, if business involves in the conversations with the technology people and if business invests in education. So the biggest gap that I probably would say uh, I, I observed for the last 20 years that there is a disconnect in the communication and in the messages between business and the technology people. Right. Sometimes technology people technology departments, they don't know the goal of the business. They don't know the vision of the business. They don't know where, the, where business is going. 
So they just kind of boxed in the technology. They know, okay, we need to solve the pro identity problem. We need to solve the document management problem. We need to solve this and why you need to, ma to manage the uh, documents? What kind of documents? What information business needs to, to be able to find really fast when the business pe uh, people search for particular documents? Sometimes it's a huge disconnect. Right. Okay? So in some organizations, where, when we do the, those discovery sessions, we see that, uh, okay, business does education and they teaching everybody uh, in a business about the vision about the goal and suddenly like you you talk to people that not business people as we would say they they work in in particular departments financial department technology department logistic department and they understand the main goal of the business particular business then it's easier then the gap is uh, be uh, between even technology people and business people you know, get reduced. And then the communication is there. I would say the business people, the executives, the leadership should do better work probably to educate everybody on board about where they're going, what so they want to do, what they want to achieve. It sounds like you almost have to blame the CEO, right? If you're going to point the if you're going to point the finger at somebody in the organization and say, hey, our business executives and our technology executives and all the other C-suite managers, if they're not on the same page, who do you point the finger at, right? Like who is, who is the number one person that can influence that? I would probably say the CEO. I would say CEO should, uh, should play a big role. Really should play a big role in uh, communication. And if you ask me, CEO, this is the person who drives the vision in the company. They, they almost set the tone. They, they set the tone and uh, they need, probably they, they are not supposed to talk to everybody in organization. If your business like 60,000 people, you're, there's no chance that CEO will be able to talk to everybody. Yeah. But CEO should find a way to deliver his vision to everybody in the organization. Okay, leverage uh, other teams, other leaders, other managers to start delivering this message. So it's quite important. On another end, I would say technology people should have, a, uh, should have some desire to understand the business vision and need to think also as business, not just about technology. Oh, I, I, I need to have this server. Why do you need this server? Yeah. Like what kind of server? I don't care which server you need. <laughs> like from the business perspective, this is what a lot of executives think. They even don't want to understand what server means. They focus on the business, on the goal, and technology people need to understand what motivates those business people. And then the communication between them will, will be better. So this is kind of how we eliminate the gap. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a, uh, it seems like there is naturally a gap though, because most CEOs, the traditional CEO is non-techie, right? And right now we have a lot of CEOs that are 60, 65, 70 years old. 
a lot of them are not techie. And even if they call themselves techie, that's a whole other conversation, but they're generally not techie, right? Even if they work yep. in the technology industry. And then you have your CTO, your CIO. Sometimes they're older, sometimes they're younger. But in any situation, I feel like it's a challenge because I think it's difficult in life to be really focused and passionate about two very different things at the same time. How do you be passionate about the business goals and the customer voice and at the same time you be obsessed with the product and the technology and the solution it seems like it's difficult to do both no i don't think it's it's even needed to be in a position that you have to be uh, do both things together let's face it and let's agree on this that technology is just an enabler it's a tool nothing else business exists to bring value to customers to society to government to every uh, like to the world this is the main purpose of business any kind of business like uh, if you talk about ethical business business needs to bring value some sort of value yeah technology is only an enabler that supposed to help this business to operate and supposed to help business to bring new offerings new services that it business doesn't exist to support it department right right <laughs> right so business is is there not because uh the, the technology uh should be involved in the business it's opposite. Yeah. I've, I've seen this situation many, many times, many conversations that I had personally with different uh, technology departments, different businesses in different industries. Sometimes I see that uh, technology people in those technology departments, they kind of blame executives. Oh, they, uh, those guys don't understand what we try to do. Uh, well, why this particular technology should be involved and like, uh, and they're making our life uh, harder. And like my response was always, wait a second, <laughs> technology is supposed to help them. We, we, if we bring technology that do not allow them to do the main purpose of business, something is wrong. Yeah. So let's think how we adjust the technology to the way that uh, it it's really enabler. Of course, like the, it's uh, supposed to be the, some sort of kind of uh, tra uh, trading between what we uh, capable of, what we okay to compromise from the perspective of, for for example, security. Of course. So when we when we step in uh, from the technology perspective and talking about okay, guys. Uh, here's a new tag that allows us to protect privacy or allows us to protect the corporate data and you business people need to follow these particular procedures then we can uh, get some, some resistance from business like oh it's too complicated now i need to type something else why i need this second uh, password or whatever this is where we, we need to have a better communication really and better education 
but this is like probably the only uh, one of those few scenarios where we need to insist as a technology experts and explain to business uh, units that it's needed, it's required. And, uh, but again, we need to think about it from perspective, how we still bring this new tech and we do it in a way that it's uh, uh, useful and convenient. Because if business yeah. people, or the, forget even word business people, if people not willing to use something because it's too complicated, too difficult, uh, no, no, not convenient to them, they will naturally will try to find a backdoors. Yeah. They will try to find a way to avoid using what technology departments enforcing them to use. Makes sense. It's so interesting hearing you say this because, uh, and I've actually never thought of it from this perspective. I've known you for seven years. I've heard you say a lot of different things related to business and some things related to technology too. It's interesting because you come, you have background in both worlds, right? Like not a lot of people can go deep in both worlds. You came from a tech background and now I would definitely say you're a business person over a technology person. If I had to put you in a category, at least based on my relationship, but you can go deep in both and you went from one and you transitioned. So you have a unique perspective on the challenges between the gap between business and technology. Don't, don't you think like, what, what do you think that you've, from your experience starting in technology and going to business, like you, you still, it's interesting because you would expect you to be biased in the support of the technology, but you're biased towards the business side. Uh, first of all, it was tough transition for me. I need to admit it. Yeah. And uh, even now, sometimes I, I hold myself like, wait a second, you, I'm, too, I'm shifting to the tech aspect. <laughs> you catch <more>. yourself. <laughs> I catch myself. Uh, but... Uh, at some point, I learned to, uh, to kind of change the hats. Uh, depends on the situation, it depends on the position. So for example, when I involved in uh, really deep architecture designs, discussions, technology discussions, and uh, when I sit on the, uh, let's say on advisory board from, as a technical expert, then I try to, to think more as a technical person. So I'm kind of pretend that I have a, I'm wearing a hat of the techie guy. On the other hand, I, I always keep in mind that technology is only the tool to support business. So then, then I, I push myself to, uh, to think about this from this angle and constantly think about how business should operate what benefits business will get from uh, this technology. So it's a, it's a big buzz, war, uh, buzz right now about artificial intelligence, right. machine learning. Everybody talks about it, but let's face it. In some cases, uh, those scenarios, use cases that position to the world about the AI, ML, all that blockchain, you think like, wait a second, I don't see how it helps to business right now. Yeah. It, it can be a situation like, uh, 
artificial intelligence, buzzword, has amazing future, really amazing future. But when we have some sometimes conversations and business says like, oh, what do you think about AI? And uh, they respond, like sometimes my response, uh, what the roadmap? What's the roadmap? What do we wanna achieve? What do we wanna achieve? Are you okay to spend six months on business analysis and then another whatever time to teach the AI? And then, then, then sometimes I'm getting a question, what do you mean by teach AI? My simple explanation in this case, it's like a baby. When we have a newborn baby, this baby unable to speak, unable to walk, unable to read, unable to make decisions, nothing. We as parents growing this baby, teaching this baby, sending this baby to the school, buying books, uh, giving uh, to, to this person uh, some additional trainings, we, we might hire tutors, we're teaching this baby. And after like some period of time, this person yeah. is capable of making decisions, capable of making, uh, uh, create resolutions to the problems and things like that. AI is the same. <laughs> so there's no silver bullet, oh, AI can solve all the problems in the world. No. And they're like, no, no, we, are, we want AI that uh, will start working next month. Uh, we have a challenge. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, yeah, you can't expect results that short term, right? And, and even from that perspective, there, there can be issues. You've, you've talked to me about shadow IT, for example. Like You can have different groups within the same company that envision using technology in a very different way. Hey, do you, do you want to talk about that? I know you have a very particular definition what shadow IT is. I had no idea what it was until we spoke. Shadow IT is actually a really interesting topic. And many experts today will call shadow IT as a problem. Yeah. I would yeah. say shadow IT is the indicator of the situation. So first of all, let's start from the concept, what is shadow IT? At least from my perspective. Yeah. Let's step back into the history. Back in the days, IT departments controlled everything from technology perspective in a business. IT departments decided what technology go, go, uh, going to be in use, how it go, uh, going to be in use. They enforced this technology in every single department and organization. And when particular department needed a new line of business application or anything, they were forced according to the regulations, policies, blah, 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 all this stuff, get to the IT, ask them to acquire this new technology, new application, new service, new stuff, and then implement it in the business. It was back in the days and the IT department loved to be in control on everything. And they managed licenses, they, they, they managed access, they managed everything in the business. Now, especially with those devices, okay, when uh, we got access and actually everybody in the, in the companies, like every single employee in the company 
has access right now to many thousands of applications that are available online that can work on any mobile device that can work, that you can go and download from uh, uh, some play stores from different uh, like a lot of applications web applications what we observe right now a lot of people get to the point that they, they say like wait a second I know better than IT department what what application I need to do my duties. Oh, I heard that uh, my, my friend told me that works in a different company in the same position that they use this. Yeah. And then this person goes uh, online, register there, boom, get access to the application. And what we started to see that even some organizations they change the way how they allocate budgets. Yeah. So today, for example, there are some companies allocating budget to uh, a separate budget to departments to allow them to go and subscribe to different applications, uh, allow them to choose what kind of application depending on they their needs. use that they need to make their work better. Yeah. So they just go and, uh, and subscribe for online services, uh, some sales departments, they make a decision, oh, we're switching to Salesforce, for example. Right. I've seen the situation that IT department didn't even know that the business is uh, leveraging Salesforce. Of course, it creates uh, some sometimes chaos <laughs> that uh, uh, kind of brings illusion that everything goes uh, out of control and it might go this, this way. Okay. So IT guys, especially security guys call this as a problem and they, uh, and they label this as a shadow IT. They have yeah. no idea what uh, applications, what services, what tools get used inside the business. It seems like you see it, you see it as an evolution of how technology is enabled inside of companies. I do see this as evolution, but again, uh, sometimes I see this as uh, anarchy. Yeah. This evolution should be somehow controlled as well. And there's a ways to do this, how to, how to bring, bring order in the chaos. <laughs> I call it manageable chaos. Okay. <laughs> There's a ways and procedures and uh, the workflows, how to do this, how to do this in the right way, because it might be a problem. It might be a problem to the business from uh, many angles, how you control the GDPR, uh, how do you get compliant uh, GDPR, for example, how you can comply from security perspective, from regulation perspective. How do you know that the application that you download downloaded uh, is not stealing information from from your computer or through your computer allowing access to others there's a way special procedures should should be taken and spe special controls should be implemented right but i do see this as an evolution i am as a t person don't know what financial application works the best for financial department right 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 and if financial department knows better what they need, they, uh, they probably need to have a decision how they want to pay for the license, how they run it, how, uh, who provides support, for example, to them. 
Right. I guess it's a tricky situation, though, because sometimes uh, you might have a security threat or sometimes you might be moving data from one application to another and there is some kind of security breach. There is some kind of regulation issue or compliance. So I guess this is where you say it needs to be balanced, right? It seems like you're in support of the idea of giving the control to the individual business departments to use technology the way they see fit, but you see it as like a manageable chaos thing. It seems like you see it as an opportunity. I do, I do come from the position to support this. Again, I do see this as an evolution. You know what, like probably about five, seven years ago, we started to hear a lot concept of bring your own device. Right. Right. The businesses started to, to talk about bring your own device concept that allows people to bring their, their, their laptops, their tablets, their phones uh, to the business and use it to do the business activities. It's fine, but there is a special procedures and special routine should, uh, should be implemented to allow this to do in an appropriate way, to be able that uh, we are not compromising the security, that we are pro- still protecting the privacy, that we are still protecting uh, uh, corporate data, that we are not compromising corp- uh, uh, corporate data. Like all those things, technology do exist to, do, to address all that. So if I say like, okay, technology do exist to address this and business is okay with the concept bring your own device, why we label shadow IT as a problem? Mm. Consider this as bring your own application. We can call it like that. And we, uh, we as a technology people need to address this, develop procedures, how business works with the concept of bring your own application. Yeah. I would rename Shadow AT to bring your own application. <laughs> <laughs> I love okay. that. It seems like-, like it, it makes sense. It does. It does. It uh, from some of your stories regarding this, by the way, you're always talking about back in history. So I guess this is why we joke that you're a dinosaur, right? You, you have so many historical stories, (laughs) (laughs) but it seems like hearing this, uh, it seems like companies and let's just call it. Yeah. Let's, let's say the business departments, business in general seems to be getting more and more control over making it decisions. Historically, it seems like from what I'm hearing from you, it seems like some period of time ago, IT was making IT decisions. Now it seems like sometimes business is making IT decisions. Of course, when it comes down to a purchase decision, when it comes down to uh, integrating uh, advanced technology, it's ultimately for business value. You're saying it just seems like the culture around it is changing. The decision-making power seems to be going more in the hands of people inside of companies that think business. Do you think this trend is going to continue? Where do you think we'll be in, let's say, 20 years? Will, will it be more um, business control over technology decisions? Do you think it will balance out at some point? Okay, 20 years is a long time. So <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't uh, talk about what, what what might be in 20 years you choose the time but, frame uh, i do believe 
<laughs> I do believe that we will see really soon a huge shift. And we even see it now, okay? How business operates in general from a technology perspective. So for example, I do believe that technology and technology people, their role will, will be changed drastically mm. in, the, in the corporations. How so? So C, uh, CIO and CTO, the role of CTO and CIO uh, five years ago and the, the role of CTO today, it's mm. absolutely two different roles, if you ask me. Mm. Okay, and if CTO didn't transform, over the last uh, just five years, I would say uh, it, it's a problem. So right now, uh, CTO, for example, should think differently about technology leveraged in the business. So we are, we are not supposed to think about how technology works inside the business. We need to think about how this technology is leveraged to allow business to become digital and how this technology can support creation of new offering by business. For the end user, the end customer. It's a little bit tricky to the end user, to the end customer. It's not about technology anymore. It's about how this particular piece of technology in this case supports business to bring new values and new services and new products to others. So this is where we will see the, the transition. I'll give you a simple example in, in, from transition perspective, right? I remember 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, when we were building servers in, a, in organization, even five years ago, when we were dealing with cloud, we were naming servers based on uh, characters, uh, name of the planets. Oh, and we treated this as a baby. Oh, it's my baby. It's a server Mercury supports this. And if anything was going wrong with this particular server or servers in, that was executed in the, inside the server, right. we as a technical people were babysitting this. We were worried, oh, my baby is sick what I need to do. We you talk like that. Troubleshoot, we fix. We talk like that even, right? <laughs> Today, it's an instance. <laughs> Take a look on, even on the vocabulary, how vocabulary changed even when you read the documentation. Oh, we got 500 new instances deployed uh, in this cloud and it's actually configured in auto-provisioning mode and that allows to uh, provision or deprovision instance whenever it's needed. There's no such things like uh, server name anymore. Yeah. There's, it's an instance. Like we stop talking about this as something that really uh, important and tangible from the technology perspective. We now talk about this more from the perspective. This is the instance that support particular service that business provides. So it's shifting already the, the methodology, the, the vocabulary is different now. So everything is kind of getting different now. So we see it quite a lot. Yeah. So, uh, 
even you know like even the, uh, even from financial perspective many companies prefer to move for example to cloud from one of the simple reasons they don't want to have uh, a capital expense they prefer to run the, the, their business and operate as operational expense monthly they're yeah. moving from capex to opex yeah so uh, this is a big shift big shift how we were thinking about it so now for example we are not talking anymore about changing the services and applications we're talking about continuous improvement mm. constant up, uh, constant delivery of new services we are not for example let's take a windows we are not installing new version of windows all, all the time there's no new version of windows anymore Right, it's a new right. build. It's continuous improvement. You just get the new build. <laughs> yeah. So when we when we develop applications and services, it's the new it's the concept of continuous improvement. So yeah. We're delivering new features, new services. Take a look on every application. Pay attention to application uh, that you upgrade on your cell phone what's written in description when you get uh, when you see the new update is available try to read bug fixes see, patches oh, bug fixes patches we added new capability yeah this is really almost in every update oh we added new capability we changed some of the functionality based on your request and it's happening fast right. and it's not going from version one to version two it's version one to version version 1.1.1.3 some crazy shit. exactly right yeah so it's a continuous improvement so this is what's going on everywhere yeah it, it is going on everywhere it's uh you're providing some clear evidence that it's changing but i'm still amazed and you told me that this was happening and i didn't I could only believe it so much until I was in meetings with you and I heard these uh, these young technology founders, vendors essentially of new advanced technology, whether they're giving webinars, whether they're giving pitches to clients, whether they're just having um, a business discovery session or a strategic partnership conversation. They're talking so, so so techy, Misha, and I just almost didn't believe you until I heard it. Be the disconnect between how they're talking and how you and me understand that the business executive wants to receive it. So it seems like we're still, it seems like the problem is improving in the large enterprise context, but the people that want to see the technology adoption go faster, that have something great to sell, I would say lots of them, not all, but lots are not getting the message. What do you think? You know, so once I, 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 I sat on the uh, technology board, like on a, on a board, and at some point I uh, kind of caught myself that, oh, I probably was invited to be my board member because I have capability to translate between two languages, technology <laughs> right. languages and business language. 
<laughs> and a lot of my activities was to work as an interpreter. <laughs> it, it's, it's true. And uh, sometimes I really want to cry when I hear people talking about technology, amazing technology. And they talk about it from the angle that I see the eyes of those executives. They kind of lost already after two, three minutes. And then I'm like, oh my God, again. Uh, so it's a problem. It's a, it's a big challenge that I see a lot. And you saw this by yourself, right? That uh, people are really passionate about the, their product, about technology. They talk about it like with, the, with belief that the entire world understands it. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I was kind of surprised because you make a lot of big, bold statements, right? You make a lot of big, I believe, I believe statements. And I thought, oh, let, let me hear how they talk. It can't be that bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. And I hope it improves. And uh, we need to do my much better work to, uh, to educate both sides, I would say okay to to improve this if you ask me i would say that any enterprise should have in their board someone who can interpretate and who can speak both languages business and technology okay because by the end of the day many technical people they don't want to be business people they don't want to learn stuff that outside of their domain that's they a separate problem about it's a separate problem maybe it's even not a problem like this is just a reality we always say like all coaches say like always do things that you love so if i'm a developer and i spend 20 years on learning how to be the best developer in the world i want to do what uh, what i'm good at why are you forcing me to study something that outside of my domain, outside of my comfort zone, whatever, right? I don't want to learn business. If I wanted to learn business, I would go to the business school. Mm -hmm. I, I studied computer science. Some, some, some people would think like that, right? So I wouldn't call it a problem. But we, uh, to make the business to work as a well-oiled machine, we need to find the solution, how to communicate those two worlds. Yeah. How to establish good communication between those two worlds. So probably we need those uh, interpreters, evangelists that can talk both languages. Thanks for tuning in to another episode at the State of Innovation. If you got feedback, ideas, or possible next guests, send us an email at info at stateofinnovation.show. Check out our website for all episode history, www.stateofinnovation.show. We're available on basically all major podcasting channels, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and whatever else is out there. And join the conversation going down on LinkedIn. We'll see you in another one.
the State of Innovation Squad hopes you've enjoyed this podcast.